0: Welcome to the All Digital AM Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. All right, all right. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. This is Adam Penna, and I'm here to continue the conversation to additive manufacturing and 3D printing. I'm very excited right now. We have two people who have been working a lot in the aerospace realm, helping a lot with mechanical engineering and materials. And uh, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about what it's like for them to go out there and start to do consulting in the last year and uh, bring a lot of great things to the table. So it's uh, I'm glad to have them here today. They're from Hummingbird, Hummingbird Additive. And that's based out in California. And so, yeah, today we have Jillian Gorsuch and also Greg Dutter here joining us. So, welcome. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, awesome to have you here. I've been really excited about the conversations we've been having. It's really good to connect with people like yourselves out there in the industry who are bringing consulting to another level, very specialized, and also very open to so many different things going on, working with people, getting up to par. So, yeah. Great to have you here today, and uh, a lot of things have been going on over the last uh, you know year or so. You guys have actually gone out there and started your own company, coming from you know great backgrounds in both engineering and materials, and then also now starting this up after a great career at Maxar and, and, and other great companies. So. How have things been going? You know, what's your what's your thoughts uh, on the response over you know the, the last bit of this pandemic now and and uh, everything that's been going on over the last year? How have things been for you?
1: Yeah, just thanks thanks again for having us. Yeah, it's just been amazing to see how you know the community as a whole has responded to uncertain times. It's really been amazing just to see you know how everyone has jumped in to to help out, whether it's the large industrials down to the, the hobbyist level, right? The community just has responded really well. Uh, you know, it really has It's highlighted some of the strengths that 3D printing kind of brings to the table, whether it's you're doing uh, rapid design iterations to get to the final product so that you've got a design that's got good functionality that is manufacturable, as well as you know, localized production, so you got better distribution for, for faster response. F- folks in the States doing doing work as well as the distribution globally, so I think it's done a really good job just showcasing some of the unique assets the industry can bring to bear. Um, and Going on another angle, you know, looking yeah. at so, supplier has challenges delivering a product due to various circumstances. Additive uh, can provide uh, an alternative, uh, in the short term, while the, the primary folks get get back online. So it's it's been really impressive to see.
0: It has been. That's It's really interesting to see that supplement happen and what's going on and being recognized with 3D printing of an additive have stepped up and kind of filled that gap that's going on. Yeah, it's great to see that. Jillian, how, how have things been going for you?
2: It's good. Um, I've really enjoyed seeing how the community, the IAM community, has been supporting local communities kind of all across the country. It's been nice to see That in the news and um, just we've already known it being a part of the AM community, how close knit and great, and what a nice community it is to be a part of. And so it's nice that it's getting um, some recognition outside of just our AM community. I actually had a friend uh, call back in April and ask how she could go about getting face shields for her sister who's a nurse. And I was able to put her in contact with a connection I'd made at an AM event. And they were actually nice. able to not only make enough face shields for her, but for her whole nursing team. Wow. So it's just,
0: yeah, it's really nice, nice when you're
2: able to meet someone at an AM event. And then when a pandemic appears, then you can actually work with them to get some PPE where it needs to go. So it was, it's just really nice how everyone's been stepping up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's a beautiful thing to see out there. I can't wait to see a lot more of it. Um this uh, this last year has been interesting for us all and and over this time I know that you've started hummingbird additive so tell me a little bit more about that you know the passion behind how you got there and and what you you know what you specifically bring to the table that that is so unique I think you guys have a great uh, you know proposition to the community on what's going on uh so how's that been over the last year
2: Well I'll definitely admit it's been a little more interesting over the last year than we had anticipated rolling it out Mm. Um, with uh, COVID happening, um, but um, it's been, it's been really great. So last year uh, we launched Hummingbird Additive and really what the focus is, is we want to increase adoption of metal AM, not just in aerospace, but also in marine and transportation and other industries. Yeah. So Greg and I both have our backgrounds in aerospace um, and we've, well, our most recent jobs were building satellites, which is great. Space is fun. Um, yeah. And we wanted to kind of take the next, do step outside of just aerospace and hit uh, more industries. So my background in particular is working on spacecraft tooling and communications hardware and solar array components. Um, and I did all of those before I took over as managing the Additive Center of Excellence and our R and D projects. Um, and Greg's background is materials and process, and he has been working on implementing AM technologies for over six years so we have a broad background between the two of us between qualifications and application development and we just uh we had conversations over a, a period of time and we finally just decided we wanted to see what if we could do more with am yeah. so that's why we decided to
1: launch hummingbird additive
0: that's great that's awesome to hear that i'm excited to see what comes of it How, how's that been for you greg
1: Yeah, it's, it's been an, uh, an adventure yeah, that jillian and i have, have worked uh, together the, the last three years or so yeah. specifically on, on the additive projects and so over that time we've developed that you know, rapport peer-to-peer and you know worked really uh, hand in glove for a variety of different top different topics and, and stages throughout the adoption process so we've got you know, a lot of um, experience going through those learning curves whether it's you know, technology adoption uh, part qualification, Part application identification, supply chain uh, understanding. It's not understanding and developing what the supply chain capacity is. What are your options? Who's a primary? Who's a secondary? Uh, And and just kind of learning through all those um, various aspects. That just takes time, and as you go through that in in an industry, uh, you, you really get to see. a lot of variety of different challenges one
0: day yeah that's a very unique thing to be a part of because obviously aerospace is one of the biggest industries for additive and 3d printing and what we've seen happen even in the last couple years is really eclipsed what's happened before and there's so much more that's going on so having that unique background of working through actually bringing you know products to market and that whole aerospace journey i mean that's that's a that's a very unique thing to be part of and that kind of experience is, is needed right now. So I'm glad there's people like you out there that can help with that. And uh, so talk about that journey a little bit more, you know, is it, is it uh, you know, how, how are things kind of come together with, with where you see aerospace at the moment and in some of the different processes with materials and applications out there. So,
1: so aerospace is, is yeah, one of the, the biggest users of, of AM along with, with medical historically. And so the, the, the use case for aerospace is based upon a pretty, pretty rigorous journey to get from qualification to final end use of the product. It's about a three to five year journey. Um, so the, and that just is due to the, the rigors that industry requires because you are got a high value product uh, as well as you know, serving high value functions. And so there's a lot of proportional Scrutiny that goes over those types of products. So it kind of starts out with you know, doing a technology evaluation early on, just to see where where the maturity of the technology is. Does it deliver the the basic fundamental performance that you need out of a out of the um, out of the box? And does it deliver consistency to that, um, so that you can reliably manufacture you know hardware to that uh, basic threshold that you need. Um, you know, once you've established that your basic capabilities, then you want to actually measure and categorize those capabilities. That's what the material and process qualification is all about.
0: Qualification. Identify
1: identify the material you want to use, the the equipment that you want to use to to produce it with, and the the folks who are going to be operating it and the, the training and practices associated. So clearly identify and lock those down so that you can ensure consistency of product. As well as um, the basic performance uh, expectations of that product. And so that, that's just the very beginning of it. You know, once you, once you have that characterized, then you can actually hand it off to your designers to actually utilize the technology. That's, that's where a lot of the, the fun happens because you get to see the designers take off and, and run in all kinds of different directions that, you know, you, you, you never had uh, any in your wildest imagination could, could uh, something like that be. Um, realized. And so you have to temper that back a little bit at times, but that gets gets you to the design, gets you through the initial design stage. And so you you iterate on those designs, trying to push a little here, pull pull back a little there so that you're, you're actually making something that not just meets the the functional performance requirements, but also has some practicality built into it. You don't want to build something super exotic that, uh, costs uh, exorbitantly more than what you're what you want to pay for it
0: so. yeah i got two two quick questions about yeah. that too uh you brought up some great things in there i know i i've i've seen that process obviously the qualification process is very involved um you know, when we're designing, especially in advanced manufacturing and, and additive manufacturing, you were talking about iterations. And inside of that, you know, I was actually talking with a guest not too long ago about simulation and, and that side of the whole process also, you know, in the design stage of it and actually going through those all, all those iterations and testing out what might work best. So, you know, there's that side of it, but there's also, um, you know, of course, in the industry, then in the 3D printing industry, you don't like to talk about when it really sometimes doesn't fit, you know, and it should go into maybe another manufacturing process. Uh, You know, I know it's a little bit different, but you know, talk about that, like talk about iterations that way. And and what happens sometimes when you realize this is not best suited for 3d printing.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. You know, we, uh, when you're looking at a, a a part or a function, what you're you're trying to do is figure out what's the best way to connect the dots effectively. What's the function. So um, a lot of the analysis, the business case analysis side of things looks at uh, basic fundamentals such as how many of these parts are you going to need and when are you going to need them by? And so that, that's a, a really good kind of first screen to pass. And so uh, as, as Jillian likes to, to say, you know, she, she likes to take a, a quick first pass of an application just to, from those basic um, aspects just to see whether it makes sense from additive from just a, a, a cost quantity lead time expectations perspective sure. and so we can yeah. usually scrub out pretty quickly you know, whether there's a, uh, a realistic uh, scenario that additive would make it makes sense from a budgetary standpoint before it even gets down to the technical standpoint it's that's the the technical side is there more often than not it's it's simply the the budget and the um supply chain logistics side that's um that will uh, answer the question
0: yeah yeah i I know um you know part qualification goes into all that and you and um you know there's so many different things when you look at going through that process um and that of course turns over to the application itself what, what are some of the, the, the amazing applications you might be able to talk about?
1: There's a lot of different applications out there. Yeah. And, uh, the, in aerospace, you, you've certainly got a lot of the, the classic ones where you've got uh, a lot of um, mechanical structural components. Sure. Uh, so you, that, that takes advantage of, of the, the lightweighting the d- design optimization right. stuff. So yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of... Um, Avenues to go down those roads. Uh, you also you also see um, applications in uh, not just the mechanical side, but looking at other subsystems, whether they be thermal, electrical, etc. Uh, for folks trying to look at ways to do um, you know, leverage the technology so that they can use it for complex, usually complex or combined uh, um, where you have assemblies. We're combining multiple units into one one build. So, the uh, the applications are, are certainly there. Um, and, and again, in aerospace, a lot of it it has to revol- revolves around uh, lightweighting.
0: Lightweight, yeah. With lightweighting, it's it's interesting too because obviously an application could turn into uh, aside from lightweighting. What other features are you looking for? And some of the uh, trends I've been seeing and with great results are are things like you know internal cooling channels. And, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of different people working on the combustion chambers and coming up with different cooling channels that can be used and kind of going through simulations of how that will work and then test patterns of, of seeing what actually happens from the results. And that's what you're getting, like you're saying, is it comes down to, you know, saving fuel, right? Somehow light weighting is going to do it. Um, you know, working with the right materials are going to do it. So you have the options of trying to figure out what that might material will be for the application. Uh, And it starts to get really interesting. Another thing that's been coming up with applications I see are, you know, all the, the heat exchangers that are happening out there. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, starting to really bite into uh, understanding what we could do layer by layer, building something inside of 3d printing, and then looking at how much inside of a heat exchanger, uh, how much surface that you could, you could build inside of there. So, uh, really uh, amazing uh, few applications that I see. And I know there's just so much more out there. And uh, being able to do sort of like a part selection with a company is a big deal. You know, go through their current catalog and tell them what kind of existing parts they might have that are better suited for the process. And uh, maybe doing a deep dive on a few of them to prove that, you know. And, and uh, so I'm sure that's a large part of what you go through in, in your process. And uh, that's, that's really great because that's what we need. We need people that can help, with that process. Cause there's a, a lot of people that are new to it. A lot of people who haven't been through it before, but when you go through qualifications, especially on the aerospace side, you really dig into all those little things that might happen al- along the way, the, you know, and correcting the process and learning from it. So that's great. That's uh, really good stuff. I know. Um, uh, aside from that i mean is there any other uh, uh, other sides of it besides lightweighting you'd like to talk about
2: uh, so. we found that to make a good business case it's really important to have more than one box that you check so you talked about different functionalities and different uh, performance that's enabled by additive sure. so if it's lightweighting alone that may not actually be enough to uh, check the box for the business case right but if you can couple lightweighting with increased performance or part consolidation well in that case you've increased the performance enough that even if your end cost is slightly higher then you're gaining so much more out of the part then effectively that makes your business case for you and then you Mm -hmm. can move from the business case at that point to the technical case and make sure technology's there the material does it and you're actually reaching all the requirements you need to from a functional level so you hit on something really important. It's lightweighting and something else. So um, it's really important to know just kind of what the what doors can be unlocked with additive um, and being able to take advantage of those. Um, Complexity is not free. Um, I know that's kind of the phrase out there, but um, opening some of the doors and understanding what you can and cannot reasonably do in a production environment uh, is really important.
0: Yeah, it totally is. It really is. And 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 you touched on a little bit too, the, the, the importance of, you know, the collaborating with the right partners and having somebody to kind of guide you through that process, but also knowing who to bring in at the right moment to help when things need, need that help. So how, how, is it, how have you guys done that inside of collaboration? What is it, Is it, you've seen a lot of that happening right now? I think things have been a little bit better from what I've seen. Uh, this is one of the, you know, you look for the small hope or promise that's going on because everyone is going through some really difficult times right now. But I've I've seen a lot more open collaboration, and that seems to be a common theme. Uh, I hope more of that happens. So, uh, you know, how how have you seen that? Uh, how have things been going? And what's your opinion on what's been happening with partnerships and collaborations?
2: Well, it's been really nice to see all of the webinars on virtual conferences that have come out of this because it's been disappointing not to be able to go to conferences and see the latest and greatest that's out there and also catch up with people you see at conferences, right? So uh, it's been nice to at least be able to do that some virtually. Um, And I think it's really important, especially for this phase of where Additive is with kind of taking off and taking root, hopefully with more and more companies and industries, is to have that accessibility. Um, and so it's really important in additive that we make sure that we're building quality parts mm-hmm. uh, that actually provide additional functionality. Um, and there's really no one size fits all solution. So having the webinars out there that expose engineers to a variety of ways of doing things, technologies like types of geometries, those are really important at this phase because yeah. uh, we're also at an interesting time with, we have new engineers coming out of college that have actually been exposed to 3D printing yep. and can use digital tools. And they can really grasp onto like, where to push designs, which is great. But you also need to couple that with the experienced engineers who know how to approach a uh, a typical design and how you move into a production environment. So. It's really important that we have both aspects of these uh, coupled together um, for a specific company or industry, because every company and industry is going to do things a little differently. So kind of that leads into just technical mentorship, because that's I think I think part of the uh, industry education is also just having some of those mentorship opportunities where uh, it'll be even more important with additive. So you can really um get both sides of the coin, pushing the design, but also understanding how you make it quality production part.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a beautiful answer. I know we, we have so much to give obviously inside of the industry and having those who've been going through it for the, like the last 30 years, there's a lot of good education out there and there's actually people who have been working in this but we do have, like you're saying, this new crop of, of very talented individuals who have been actually trained on the processes that have been put in place and can take it to the next level, but they need also to work with the existing experience out there. So that's a great marriage of talent and uh, it's going to be an exciting future. I know now uh, Hummingbird Additive, you guys have a website. Is that correct? People get in contact with you. Is it hummingbirdadditive.com or what's the best way to to reach out and find out some more information uh,
2: the website is one way and the other way is they can feel free to email us directly just at hum, info at hummingbirdadditive.com so perfect we're yeah. always happy to have a talk about additive
0: yeah. awesome I'll put some of that also in our talk here uh, in, in uh, the description so people could reach out and uh, there's a lot of great things happening so I know with all of that going on is there you, you've got such amazing background that brings to knowing where things might be going where do you see this going? Like where we are now, like say, you know, the next five years, um, you know, what's your forecast for the way things are going?
1: Yeah, we, we think that the, uh, the technology, uh, the core technology is there as far as its capabilities. And, and obviously um, it's continuing to expand month after month, year after year. Um, so, so right now there's kind of a core uh, nexus of, of technologies that are ready to go for production. Um, we, we see, a, a deeper need, as far as the ecosystem surrounding mm. uh, those technologies, whether that's the the software used for design, as well as the uh, the personnel and the education level of all everybody that that, that touches the the production workflow, whether it's uh, better training and education for the designers, the analysts, the engineers, quality assurance is a huge area that doesn't get uh, always talked about. Yeah. You've got the executive level um, and you got s- supply chain uh, folks as well. So there's, there's always something uh, out there uh, for, for each one of those roles. And so we, we, we definitely see that uh, education uh, is going to be a continued need in, in the future uh, based upon what, what we have today. As far as going forward, the, you see a lot of new materials um, coming out for the, the variety of, of processes that exist. Today, uh, But we do expect as well a lot more uh, maturity and development of those uh, processes that haven't quite uh, you know, jumped over the hurdle yet to, to become uh, yeah you know, air, air, aerospace quality products yet or, or demonstrate consistency of performance. So, you know, we're, we're focused on, on metal um, materials and, and, and technologies right now. And so we definitely see a, a rich playground as far as, um existing, uh, existing technologies and capabilities for production, but we're always keeping our eye on you know, where, where the technologies are at going forward, because uh, there, there's, there's a lot of, um you know, avenues that we uh, see as being uh, of value down, down the road when they you know, develop further.
0: Yeah. Makes sense, Jillian. How about yourself?
2: Well, I think I'm going to answer a question in a little different aspect. Sure. We always hear people trying to ask questions of, you know, are people moving towards just having in-house systems or working just with subcontracted manufacturing and kind of that balance. So, in that uh, in that vein, uh, the way we see the industry going is really staying a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Um, having some in-house capabilities for some companies makes sense. Um, But in other instances, it doesn't make sense yet. And it may not make sense. Um, So one of the things that we've found is, you know, companies that are new to additive manufacturing and are trying to close those business cases of trying to make that initial question of, do we have enough uh, AM applications to justify bringing something in-house? Or uh, maybe companies have a lower quantity of what they're planning to do, what their unique geometries, um, we find that there is a benefit of, definitely a benefit of using um, subcontracted manufacturing because that will eliminate some of the learning curves that are inherent anytime you're bringing a new process in-house or an application online. Um, but it doesn't universally there's no universal answer. Um, it always wow. comes back to it depends. I find I, I say it depends quite a lot uh, yeah. for a lot of questions. So it, it's up to the company to see if they want to make the large capital resource and time investment to do in-house capabilities, or maybe it makes sense in the near term to kind of kick the decision down the road and instead work with a trusted subcontractor uh, until they have enough applications built up and they can decide if... They really like the setup and how things are going with that relationship or if they want to decide to bring in-house capabilities or do a mixture of both. So I think it's kind of nice that we have so many um, service bureaus and so many system manufacturers. So it's companies have options. They can find what the right. It is for them.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. There's so much going on with contract manufacturing, you know, the service providers out there that are able to do some things uh, that you might not uh, have the capability right now to do in house. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, what you're saying the balance of both you'll see going forward because they're needed at different times. And even for the big companies, they still are using, you know, outsourcing, even though they might have it in house. Uh, Depends on the application. It always depends, as you're saying. It depends on the material, the application, what you're doing. All that stuff comes into play, and it's always a little bit different the way you can set it up, like you're saying, the business case that'll work for each individual and each company. So also, you know, you know, you brought up some great points. There's something that, you know, we all deal with the customer, right? It's it's the customer first. So what is your insight on that? And what are your thoughts on how that is, that is happening and how you approach the customer nowadays? Uh,
2: thanks for bringing that up. Uh, customers are really key. Uh, so you can get 95% of the way done with a project and think that you have everything buttoned up. But if the customer is not willing to sign off on it, it's not moving to production. So talking with a customer early and often, we found is really important, especially coming from the airspace world where a customer might be put it, paying a couple hundred million dollars for a satellite, for instance. Um, they're going to want to make sure they feel comfortable with any new technology or new application. That's going on their big investment. So we found it's important to uh, keep an open mind and listen to all of the different opinions that come up, so make sure that you're really able to address concerns and make sure everyone's comfortable moving forward, and just proving that for production you have a repeatable and solid product. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about um, iterating constantly, and iterating is good in prototyping, and iterating is good in many aspects. But when you get to production, um, when you get to qualification, iteration stops, and then you go through qualification and you enter production. I think sometimes that's that's glossed over, um, and you can always iterate either the technology or the product down the road as a second-generation version. But at least in the aerospace world, you, you lock down your part, your design, your technology, and that way you can confirm and make sure that you have that repeatable and solid performance that customers need to feel comfortable with before they can actually accept it and move forward. And I think that sometimes uh, glossed over, overlooked. that last hurdle is sometimes a pretty big hurdle.
0: No, it is. It's the, it's the bottom line, right? I mean, you could have all the ideas that are great in the world on how to make something and what you think it would benefit any industry. But if you haven't talked to the customer, how have you really validated? That's what they want, you know? So, uh, yeah, ask the customer first and they can guide your, your whole project really because that's who you're looking to satisfy and not, uh, how great you could make something, but how, how much the customer really needs it and what's their feedback on what you think is important. So great point. Great point. Thank you very much. Um, great stuff. Hey, it's been amazing having you both here today. Thank you for this conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to share while we have you here?
1: No, I just wanted to say uh, thanks, Adam, for the opportunity to have a conversation today and uh, looking forward to you know, seeing where additive can, can go from here. We're, we're excited. That's awesome. Thank you yeah. for
2: having us. We're always happy to talk about additive manufacturing.
1: <laughs>
0: no, great. Jillian and Greg, thank you so much for coming out. You guys have a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing more from Hummingbird Additive and uh, we'll be talking a lot more. So thanks again, Jillian and Greg. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and be part of our community, take action and smash subscribe, press follow, comment below, or leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.